0: Hey folks, so we're live and we're talking about the Paladin in Dungeons & Dragons. Um, It can actually be applied to really any game that uses a Paladin or a Paladin-esque type class. But the Paladin is actually one of my favorite uh, classes. I love the fact that they are, you know, users of both, you know, melee and of um, magic, right? They combine the two to make a powerful attack, and one thing that I find unique about the Paladin is that they can be... Pl- the, the type of roleplay that is available to the Paladin is very unique. You know, yes, they pack a punch, for sure. But what I believe Paladins offer um, than just, you know, they than just smashing their enemies is a class in which allows you, the player, to really... Um, kind of teeter on certain moral boundaries um, and allows the game master to create these opportunities for fantastic role play. So in order to kind of contextualize the class a little bit more I want to explain this to the folks out there who perhaps have not played a paladin and perhaps who have um, been considering playing a paladin especially with you know, shows like Critical Role who have, you've seen great examples of paladins and other different and other shows that you may or may not view. But I want to kind of present a different opinion on it. So with that being said, a paladin is a melee warrior, right? They are, or a melee, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, they're powered with divine magic. And unlike the cleric, the power of their magic stems from a devotion to an oath. So the oath may have certain roots, right? And it may reflect a particular god or deity, but the devotion to that oath is really what's key. Again, I'm going to repeat this part. The devotion to that oath is key to their power. Now, in previous editions of the game, the, that's varied, right? That has been a variance in which you've had the classic or typical knight in shining armor trope where, you know, they're doing good and they're serving the people and it's all for honor. And that's, that's awesome. I, I, if you want to play that, go for it. But I believe that um, that's not great for the advancement of the class. It's not something that I personally would recommend playing. Um, Unless you really want to. Because it ties itself down to the kind of like specific character alignment of that Oath. And I just don't like character alignments. I think that you as a player um, have been given the freedom, especially in 5th edition, to play a character the way you want it to be done. And obviously there's going to be some built-in mechanics that provide a bit of a guideline and a bit of a a barrier. But you pretty much can play it the way you want. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about what I would do if I'm going to build a, a paladin, um, what some of the things of a paladin, you know, what consists of a paladin, right? Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that oath, and I want to talk a little bit about oath uh, breaking that oath. Um, so, you know, with that being said, let's move on. Um, in the terms of 5th edition, these are a bit different. The oath right the following of your oath supersedes that of any deity okay so the devotion to your oath secures your power meaning your power comes from the devotion of your oath so that if you break your oath and you stray from that path again the path of the oath of that you know devotion you br- you lose the power of that oath and you gain another sort of power, okay? That is essentially leading to an oath breaker, okay? An oath breaker is someone who and who who, ba- who broke their oath to pursue another power or ambition. In older editions of the game, because remember, in older editions of the game, you had to, um, you basically had to be a um, lawful good paladin, and if you did anything to break that oath, even if you stole money, right, if you took money from, if you looted, um, you know, the classic, I'm going to loot the dragon, in some cases, some dungeon masters, if you looted that, and it wasn't, you know, or if you stole it, you would be breaking your oath, and I don't agree with that I don't like that. that's why I don't like character alignment because you you know you could do something as innocent as oh I'm gonna loot this you know treasure chest that it technically doesn't belong to me but I'm gonna loot it right and you could break your oath and I and so therefore and you'd lose all your power and you'd be an oath breaker and all this other stuff and you know I just don't like that but in previous editions that was a thing in previous editions an oathbreaker was someone who broke their oath to pursue a darker power or an evil ambition, um, and again, it kind of remains somewhat true, right? You break your oath to pursue uh, an alternative power. I've interp- that's how I've interpreted. I've interpreted it to be that a paladin who breaks their oath or betrays their oath is someone who's pursuing other goals. Or other motives, right? They could be selfish in nature. They could be, um, they could be, you know, selfless. It just depends. Um, It and again, it it could be like a. I view an oath like a goal. If you're pursuing a certain goal in mind, then you're wanting to, you know, follow that goal or follow that thing to the end. The, a really great example is actually Kylo Ren from the Star Wars saga. So if you've watched... And I'm, I'm going to relate to the movies just because the movies, uh, most people have seen them versus a lot of people have not read the Legends material. So Kylo Ren, originally Ben Solo, I would view as a paladin. Ben Solo was... You know his devotion was to the Jedi Order. He was learning the ways of the Jedi, um, and then he broke his oath. You know, due to Luke Skywalker, and, and again, I don't. The it's it's sad to say that I'm using this analogy because Disney kind of ruined a lot of my of what I loved about Star Wars from a from a Legends perspective and from a storytelling perspective. But we're not here for that. So anyway. You know, Ben Solo became Kylo Ren. Ben Solo broke his oath to the Jedi Code and became more of a dark side wielder. And then Kylo Ren, after, you know, integral or an internal, you know, thing, you know, movements, feelings, whatever it may be, changed his way, broke his oath of, you know, of devotion to the dark side to go back to the light. So that's where I say... You know, in the uh, an oath breaker is someone who breaks the oath that they have, that they that they're currently in. And my thoughts have always been that you basically are a paladin. You you retain your your powers as long as you don't betray your oath. You know, you could and that could be for a good thing or a bad thing if you break your oath. Right? You can kind of break your oath because you don't believe, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn. If we're going to use the whole Star Wars trope, Star, um, Qui-Gon Jinn was a Jedi uh, knight, Jedi master who really broke... He kind of started to break his oath from the Jedi order to follow, to, you know, really just follow the, the will of the Force. So it's not that he became good or, he, you know... You could say that he was lawful good and became more chaotic good or neutral good. And that's where, again, character alignment shouldn't have a role in it. But as you can see, he kind of started breaking his oath for another purpose and to pursue other things. So, again, cool thing about a paladin is you can do that in the, and it adds a lot of story elements. And it adds a lot of cool things to um, the development of your character. So... For the new players out there, don't you know? Just because you may have heard of a oath of an oathbreaker, and of you know some uh, of an evil that an oathbreaker is, don't really buy it. Um, because one thing is like you could break your oath to become evil, or you could break your oath to become quote unquote good, or to change your ways. It just depends. It's really based upon um, what you want to do. So moving along this is the part where I want to say, if you want to play a paladin, this is what I would do if I were you, based upon my experiences of playing heavily, heavily playing a pal- you know, paladins. Paladins are loyal to their oath. They're faithful warriors. So dig into what that oath, the, the oath that you choose, you know, what does that oath desire or, you know, from you? What does it mean to you? And dig into it kind of settle yourself into that role. Be that person that sticks by that code. And speaking about codes, stick, you know, if you're a game master or if you're the player, whatever it may be, um, you know, stick to, you know, research and stick to certain codes of chivalry, because the paladin, as it were, was a knight in shining armor, it was really more of a of a warrior that followed an honor system and, a, and an honor code. So, you know, if you want to look into the you know Bushido code, or if you want to look into the um, code of chivalry, um, you know, used by you know more Western civilization, or if you want to use like the Bedouin uh, codes of like the Red. Um, and again, I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly, so I apologize. Apologize, but there were three codes: ko, uh, the Idid, the Sharaf, and the diva. Um, the, the diva, fa. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, or the diafa. Excuse me, uh, man, that's horrible. I so apologize for that, folks. Um, but. It's, it's been a while since I actually dug up my notes from college of these different types of warrior codes, so I apologize. But with that being said, you're going to want to kind of be your own advocate and research these codes if that's you, know, you know, something to kind of take, uh, take hints from, right? And for the game masters out there, the dungeon masters, What I love about the Paladin is it presents an opportunity to, you know, for your players um, to make choices, right? So as a game master and as a dungeon master, I would highly recommend that you provide opportunities for your players to be put into moral dilemmas, into ethical dilemmas. Anything that's going to make them decide or choose their oath versus something else. It's not in a way to punish them. It's, no, 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 no. This is for character development and for story development. You know, it's going to be a great impact on your story and how your players grow as individuals and as players. As an example, I currently have a, uh, a paladin who, you know, and this is on the Behold the D&D podcast, um, that we... We pretty much, you know, know that my character is devoted to Bahamut. He is of the oath of, you know, he's the oath of conquest, and his belief is that Bahamut sent him on a mission to eradicate the evil of Tiamat. And that means, in his mind, is that he must destroy the followers of Tiamat in the name of Bahamut. So the cult of Tiamat, the cultists and things of that nature that want to do evil and all that, but that also means the, you know, let's say like kobolds, right? The kobolds or the other dragonborn or whoever that have been worshiping Tiamat because, you know, for them, Tiamat is under a different guise. Tiamat, yes, is the five-headed dragon, but they don't know, let's say, you know, the truth about Tiamat or they don't know really any better because they were raised with a different interpretation and, per- and uh, perspective of Tiamat. So, you know, my dungeon master has presented, well, what would you do in that situation? Obviously, you know, um, Sir Balasar, my character, wouldn't want to do any harm to someone that doesn't deserve it, but if he doesn't eradicate that evil like he said in his oath, he would break his oath and therefore lose his powers. So I would, you know, those are the type of dilemmas and moral kind of conundrums that I would, as a dungeon master, highly recommend you do. And, you know, going back to those um, codes of chivalry and those codes of, you know, those honor codes, look, I'm a big proponent, as I said, to do research and to create that character... um, in a way that would would be you know more aligned to the code that you would want, you know even if it breaks the oath of the PC, you know kind of be aligned to that. And lastly, if there's not an oath that you find in the dun- in you know in the official um, material, look into homebrew materials that other creators have made, but also. Look into creating one yourself with your game master, with your dungeon master. You know, you, you know, let's say in your research you say that you haven't, you know, you're not finding an oath that you like. Well, consider this. Consider first creating a knightly order, right? That the, the paladin that you're creating is a part of this order in some form or fashion you know, create the organization, the different um, people, but create the tenets, right? Create the things that you believe in, that your player or that your character believes in. Write those things down and write about, you know, what you believe in, why you believe in it, how you believe in it. Um, How is that seen in a physical perspective? You know, how does that, how is that physically embodied? And then from there, kind of start aligning your oath to it perhaps that's how you create an oath is by having all these different alignments and then showcasing it in that way it's a really easy way and in my opinion it's actually um, what's helped me create different oaths and create um, different guidelines because it comes from more of not only a necessity but it kind of it, it kind of does this really cool thing where when you place, when you create something that needs or lacks something, it's easier to, you know, fill that in, right? So, what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, when that notion, that piece of advice actually came from um, how I created the Warsworn Guild in my world. The Warsworn Guild was a group of characters and a group of um, basically adventurers who come from different military backgrounds around the world who have no, you know, set loyalty to their nation, you know, necessarily, but they have a devotion to this thing. And that thing is fighting the evil of that world. the Kind of like the big evil. So like, Um, big monsters who threaten the world, people that threaten the world. Anything that threatens the good of the world, the Warsworn Guild is there to fight off. And it kind of tips, thats my way of, you know, incorporating the blood war in the official material. But it, you know, paladins of the Warsworn Guild have an oath. It's the oath of the Warsworn. It's basically they fight evil. No matter where they come from, no matter who they are, they fight the evil of, like, other planes. So, essentially, it's like the Avengers, you know, they fight the good fight, so to speak. And sometimes, like I said, there wasn't something that I wanted, you know, there wasn't an oath necessarily that I liked, and I, I like a lot of them, but there wasn't, you know, something that was unique to my world, so I created one. So same thing with y'all. If if you don't find something that you like, start small, create like a you know an order of some sort. It could just be something simple like, hey, you know, it's a group of people that want to defend the poor and fight the the injustice, you know, or the injustice. Okay, cool. You created an order, and now your your oath and your tenant is the oath of you know. XYZ, the common person, I don't know. And, I, and, and there are some really good homebrew stuff, but create your own if you don't find it. You know, remember, there's a lot of great 5e compatible mechanics that, you know, not only offers oaths, but it provides bonuses and several, you know, to all these classes. But with the paladin especially, you want to be your own advocate. You want to implement those things in your game the way you want to, right? Obviously, talk to your game master and, and vice versa. You know, dungeon master's, Talk to your players about this. But the cool thing about the paladin is that there's a lot of resources out there, and there's a lot of different ways to play the paladin. Yes, I know if you want to play an effective paladin, you have to, you know, put your skill points in in your specific stats, right? You're gonna you're wanting to put your highest skill points and strength and charisma for a fifth edition paladin, but that's not to say that you can't choose spells. You know, you, you don't have to min-max a, a paladin or any character for that. But, in you know, you can play a paladin that is both, you know, strong and charismatic and is a great leader but is not wise in the ways of the world or is not intelligent and smart enough, you know, and doesn't have street smarts, let's say, right? I would love to create an orc paladin... Who has the uh, you know the noble or you know aristocratic uh, background where they grew up as a lord as the son of a lord or a duke so they're you know they're strong in the sense of that of a, you know they're as a warrior you know they're charismatic because they're they're learned in those ways of politics and prim and proper whatever um, and obviously like because they're warriors maybe their dex is high and maybe their constitution's high. But something that I also think about is it'd be cool that, you know, they're not smart in the ways of the world. They're, they're kind of ignorant or naive on certain things because they were raised in a nobleman's house, right? They were raised in uh, a place of wealth. So they're not used, they're, they're, they're not street smart. Maybe they're sheltered a little bit. Maybe they were treated um, very kindly, um, and therefore, were raised differently. Uh, maybe they're not wise to how things operate in the world. So, again, play it to a way that you're going to have fun and that you're going to, you know, get enjoyment from. Because if you don't, then you're not really creating a, an opportunity for 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 storytelling and for you know just an awesome adventure with your friends. Be authentic to what you want to do. And, and remember, stick to your oath. Whatever that oath may be, stick to it um, and see how that kind of plays out. You know, if you have to break your oath, do it for a reason that you feel compelled to, not for your players or anything of that nature. Well, that's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe to the podcast be sure to leave a review on the po- on the podcast so if you're with Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever it may be there's an option there to leave you know a 1 through 5 star review it really helps the channel when and it really helps me out when you leave an honest review obviously i'm hoping for five star reviews but if you leave an honest review it really helps me gauge how i'm providing value to you so not only do that but also share this with your friends i really appreciate y'all sharing it already but share it again with your friends because the more people that listen to this the more it helps the channel out and the more it helps spread um, tabletop gaming and the world of dungeons and dragons even more but anyway i hope you enjoyed it y'all and until next time keep gaming